Welcome to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Over the next hour, you will hear raw, honest, and inspiring conversation between Lindsay and her guests, discussing how to thrive, live joyfully, and abundantly in spite of life's challenges. Now, here is your host, Lindsay McCowan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Women Thriving Unapologetically. I'm your host, Lindsay McCowan, and it is so great to be back. I have taken about, let's see, 10 weeks off from the radio show, and that's given ample opportunity for all of you to catch up on all the previous episodes. We've been running some of my favorite episodes in the interim, and you might wonder, like, okay, why would you choose to take such a long break from a new radio show that was actually rapidly growing? And why would I risk losing listeners and followers and the, at a critical point in the growth of the show because I was really building up a lot of momentum and it was feeling great? And then I'm going to tell you why in just a minute. But first, we're going to do what we always do at the beginning of the show. We're going to take a moment to connect. So, Stop whatever you're doing, just for a brief moment. Don't worry, this won't be take too long. Close your eyes, if it's comfortable and obviously if it's safe to do so, so not when you're driving. Bring your awareness to your heart. And then take several deep, full breaths into the heart. Direct the breath, direct your attention to the heart. And as you breathe in and out through your nose, just feel the gentle rise and fall of your chest with each breath in and out. And as you do this, just notice how your senses are drawn inward, away from the distractions and the noise of the external world. And feel yourself settle, your awareness settle into the abode of the heart deep in the body and feel as if the breath originates and returns from the heart. It's almost as if the heart has nostrils and the heart is what is breathing you. And let the breath simply soothe the body and settle the mind so that you can listen deeply to the heart when you ask this question. What do I long for the most? What do you long for the most, dear heart? What is your heart yearning for the most? And just continue to breathe and listen because the mind might want to butt in and have its own opinions, but let the breath soothe the mind, soothe the body, so that the heart can begin to answer and be heard. And then just ask yourself, what gets in the way? Or ask your heart, what gets in the way of me having this? What gets in the way of me fulfilling this longing that I have? And then as you come back, I know that wasn't a long time to settle in and you can come back to these questions at any time. But when you come back, just jot down any answers or any insights that came to you so that you don't forget them. And then you can reflect upon them as we continue the show. And so here we are at the beginning of 2023 and we're entering into 
the current of a new year. And many of us can feel the current and the force behind all this energy of everyone wanting to create something new, to move in a new direction, perhaps creating something extraordinary or trying to create something that they weren't able to create the previous year or years. But it's important for us to take a pause and reflect upon, are we being pulled by this current, by the dominant culture's expectations, ideals, or beliefs? Or are we being pulled by the wisdom and the guidance of our own heart? Are we following a a pace and a rhythm to life that allows for spaciousness, expansion, and joyful moments? Are we allowing for play and creativity to flow effortlessly? Or are we being swept up by the chaotic pace of a culture whose motto is to do more at all costs so that we can achieve more? Are we constantly overwhelmed, exhausted, or just just simply trying to keep up? And so the momentum of dominant culture is really powerful. I mean, it is like a raging river after a flood. And to swim against it is impossible. But to keep up with it is dangerous. And so... The reason I took this break is because several months ago, and let's just, I just want to interject one moment and say, you know, I'm a little nervous because this is my first solo episode. (laughs) Um, And I want to tell you why I decided to do a solo episode at the beginning, um, at the beginning of coming back as well here in a moment. But several months ago, I had gotten caught up in that treacherous current. And I want to say I've gotten caught up in that treacherous current previous times before, and here I was again, trying to keep up. And I'd said yes to way too many things. I mean, I was in a really great place when I said yes, and I was like, oh, I can do this, I can do this. Uh, I have so much inspiration that comes through me at times that it's difficult to say no, and I wanted to do it all. And so I'd hired a business coach who was remarkable, and I knew I needed to work with her Yet she worked at a pace that made my head spin and my heart anxious. And it also brought forth my inner critic because I was always comparing my success and my pace and what I was doing or not doing to what she was capable of doing. And this is not to say that she was a bad coach. She's brilliant and she's amazing. What happened is I lost my voice in it. Because I really wanted to make the most out of my investment. Like here I was paying a lot of money. Business coaches are not cheap, right? They, they are worth their money if you find the right one. And she was, she was amazing. But what was happening is I was falling into a pattern of trying to keep up with someone else's pace in this ideal person that I was seeing myself to be. And here I had hired someone to help me. And because I had put so much money into this, I wanted to cram in every last thing I could. I wanted to get, understand everything that she had to offer. And I wanted to get everything out of her time and her wisdom that I possibly could. But I was pushing myself at a rhythm that was really not good for me. And I was starting to feel constantly behind that I wasn't doing enough or I was doing it wrong, 
I was wired and tired all the time. And that led to me not sleeping well. And we all know if we don't sleep well, then it just impacts all aspects of your life. And my body was starting to experience the constant pain from sitting long hours behind a computer. And I know a lot of you can relate to this, but I wasn't used to this. Like, you know, I'm a yoga teacher, a meditation teacher. I move my body a lot. Um, and I was creating a business that was becoming an online business. And I was like, wow, I'm sitting here behind this computer for extended periods of time. I'm not doing the movement regularly that I'm used to doing. And I was suffering. I was in pain. My back and my neck were in pain all the time. And I wasn't, and that was contributing to me not sleeping well, but more importantly, the stress that I was putting myself under was causing me to not rest well and not rest well throughout my day because restful moments sprinkled in through the day are actually incredibly important to us staying connected to our guidance, to be able to create from a place of um, inspiration. And I was noticing that I was starting to lose my connection to my joy I and to my creativity and more importantly, to my connection to my inner guidance and my spirit, which is essential for the work that I do and just for my health and my happiness for who I am as a, and we are all, all spiritual beings embodied in physical form. And I just repeat that because it's so important for us to understand that we are embodied spiritual beings. And when we are not nurturing this aspect of ourselves, our lives suffer. And this is one of the things I um, teach to all my clients and students or women that decide to join me in some of my women's programs is that we are spiritual beings. And one of the things that creates the most suffering in our lives is neglecting this aspect of ourselves. We are neglecting a key part of who we are. And so I was beginning to neglect this part of myself, even though I had all my practices, I was still doing them. But I had started doing too much with my practices. The whole momentum of like, oh, I got to do more, do more, do more, do more was starting to kind of infiltrate my spiritual practices. And I was starting to do more and more practices to try to counter the stress and the the overwhelm that I was beginning to feel and the other aspects of my life. And you know, and I know, I know that nurturing myself and nurturing spirit is essential. I know this now, I knew it then. But as I said before, that that momentum of dominant culture is so powerful. And when you if you're like me and you have, you know, these these goals that you want to achieve and you know that they're coming from your heart and you feel this deep desire to fulfill your purpose, it can be very easy to get swept up in the momentum of the dominant culture's way of doing things and thinking this is the way to do it This and, or even feeling like this is the only way to do it because this is the way everyone else is doing it. This is the way everyone else has created success for them. So I should do it this way too. And I have known this for a long time because it's a pattern of mine to get swept up into that momentum and into that, that lie because it is a lie. 
because there's many ways that can that we can create success for ourselves in many ways that we can bring joy into our lives and i had experienced burnout uh about a year and a half prior and so i was starting to feel i was starting to feel it again but here i was invested in my business i didn't i mean i can't stop the coaching i got to get my investment out of it i have this radio show i can't stop that i have this women's program that i'm leading i can't stop that but there was a part of me was like, oh my God, oh my God, just, I just wanted to stop. I just want it all to stop. And I was starting to feel that anxiety. If you can, if you're watching in the live stream in my Facebook group, it's like my, my hands are up next to my head and they're shaking because that's the, the energy that I was feeling, this kind of freneticness. And I was less, and I was almost, it was almost like I was going to panic if I couldn't stop because I couldn't breathe. And I pulled and I knew I had to pull myself out of this current. And, but how do you do that? How do you pull yourself out of that momentum? Because there's a lot of fear around that. Like if, if, you know, if I stop the radio show, I might lose my spot. I love my radio show. I might lose the spot. I might lose followers. If I stop social media, then my numbers are going to drop. And people are stop following me and I have created momentum around that. And I'll have to start over. Um, if I don't get my investment, you know, step in and do all the things my coach was telling me to do, then I'm going to lose all that money. And that's, you know, money, you know, I'm not, I'm not wealthy in terms of finances at that time. And so I was like, wow, like, what do I do? How do I get myself out? And, and I know what I would tell my clients. I know exactly what I would tell them, but I had to put myself in the place of, my client and hear my voice. I had to step back. I had to step back enough, just enough that I could witness where I was and allow what we call in yoga our witness perspective to see where I was and to give me some guidance around all the parts of myself that felt like I was failing, I wasn't doing enough, that I needed to do more, that if I didn't follow this path, I wouldn't succeed. And so I needed to pull first back enough out of my mind and listen to that voice that's like, you need to nourish yourself, nourish yourself, nourish yourself, nourish yourself. Because what had happened is because I had, there's a part of myself, my mind, my upbringing that says, okay, you need to finish everything on your list. Kind of like you need to finish everything on your plate before you can have dessert or before you can go take care of yourself, before you can do those things that actually nourish you. Because what nourishes me deeply is to be in the woods and immerse myself in nature. And my list was so long. The thing is, is it was never going to get done. So I was never nourishing myself. I had stopped completely because I was just saying, okay, I can't do this until I get this done. And so this is the dominant culture's toxic approach, which is linear. It can be linear. It can be divisive. It can push us to extremes. Uh, it can separate us from our source, from our wisdom. It can separate us from each other. It puts competition over community. And so I was like, wow, look at where I am. And so I had that conversation with myself first. And then I had the conversation with my clients. I had the conversation with my, with the executive producer of Voice America. And I was like, you know, this is what I need. And what happened is when I said out loud what I needed, 
they were like, okay, we can take a break from the show. You're not going to lose your spot. Here you, we can just run some previous shows until you're ready to come back. And being deeply honest with myself. And I was honest with my coach. I was like, I need to take a break. And she was brilliant. She's like, okay, we'll take a break and we'll come back. And so it was just having the courage to say, this is what I need. And to have the faith that if I step out of that mainstream, that I'm going to be supported, I will be held, I will be nourished because I'm starting to nourish myself first and reconnecting to my inner guidance. I had to go back to the foundation of my practices. And I'll tell you this real quick, is like in the middle of all of this, like when I was feeling the most um, lost or disconnected from my source when I felt the most overwhelmed and anxious. I was sitting at my altar. I was going to do my morning practices and I had nothing. I had nothing. I had no connection. I was like, I couldn't even think about what to do. Like I know what to do, but I couldn't do them. And so I, I was too overwhelmed. I had too much stuff getting in the way. And so I got up from my altar and I walked out of the room and halfway when I was walking out of the room, I stopped and I felt this swell of anger come inside of me. And I was like, and I was so freaking mad. And I turned back to that altar and I stiffed armed everything on my altar. I mean, I slung it across the room. Now, I know that doesn't sound much like a yogi, right? Or someone that's been doing spiritual practice for a long time. But you know, when we get to that point, like we, when we meet our breaking point, we break in different ways. And the anger came through at that moment. And I was just so upset and disappointed in myself. And I was taking it out on my practices. I was taking it out on my connection to uh, my inner guidance. I was taking it out in spirit and all my ancestors that I work with and everything. And so I packed up every single thing. I was like, screw this. It's not working because I had put some attachments onto my practice. I packed up every single thing that had spiritual meaning to me. I put it in a box and I put it away. And I did this because one, I was angry. I was frustrated. I was overwhelmed. I lost that connection, but I knew I had to stop everything, including my practice, and come back to the beginning, the foundation, and just simply breathe and come back to my heart and listen and let the guidance come forward again. Because without it, there was no point to continue to do the things I was doing. And what I'm going to do, we're going to go to break here shortly. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk you through how I came back from what was burnout, essentially. But more importantly, the steps that I took to realign myself to my vision and the yogic tools that I used to manifest from a place of rest. I'm going to say that again, to manifest from a place of rest, not from pushing, overgiving, overdoing, overstriving, so that I can move with my heart to co-create the destiny that I feel is mine to achieve. Okay, so we're going to take a short break. And in the meantime, my friends, just stay connected with your heart and keep asking that question. What does she long for the most? And what's getting in the way of that? We'll be right back after this short break. Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? 
Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. When you awaken the divine feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the back burners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, you awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life and step into an easeful, magnetic flow. You become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to lindsay.tv slash goddess to sign up today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Women Thriving Unapologetically. This is Lindsay, and I'm so happy to be back. This is my first solo show and the first show of the season after a 10-week break. And before we took a break, I was explaining why I took a break, because I was over-pushing and overdoing and over-striving again, and I was leading myself to burnout, and I knew I just had to stop. And I had to come back to the foundation of my practices and come back to the connection of my heart so that I could pull myself out of the dominant culture's perspective of how we should be living our lives, how we should be accomplishing things and how we should be running our business and come back to my heart and trust that my pace and my rhythm is different and I needed to honor that because if I really wanted to manifest my destiny, to create my own destiny, I would need to stay in alignment with my heart and on pace with what feels right to me so that I can stay in alignment with my heart. And so I want to jump in and, you know, talk to you a little bit about, you know, what does destiny mean and what does fate mean? Now, according to the yoga tradition, fate is really what we are born into. It's what's written in the stars. And this includes, you know, really the inescapable aspects of our future. And so what are the inescapable aspects of our future? Well, According to yoga, it's one, the length of your life. Now, it's not in years that it's measured. It is said that the length of your life is measured in how many breaths you are born with. And so not years, but breaths. And so the great thing, I'm just going to put a plug here for us yogis out there, is that if you learn how to breathe and take deeper, fuller breaths, guess what? You can stretch that out just a little bit. And so... You can shape how you breathe and then therefore shape how many breaths you're taking in every moment. And the other aspect, according to the yoga tradition, that determines fate is our major life lessons. Like, what are the major lessons that we're meant to learn in this lifetime? It determines who our parents are, our partners, the work that we do, the time that we're born into. And the beautiful thing about this, we have a little bit of a stretch here too, a little bit of wiggle room that... We get to choose how long it will take for us to learn those lessons. And we know this, that life will continue to offer opportunities to learn these lessons until we completely graduate from learning them. Like, 
and the lessons will become increasingly painful until we do. We have a choice. And I was there again, learning the same lesson. Here I am. I know that dominant culture's pace and rhythm isn't for me. I know that my pace and rhythm is more aligned to a, a, a feminine approach that I was trying to understand because we don't have uh, a blueprint for that in our culture right now. I was trying to figure it out. And so, you know, destiny is this ability, like we, this is where we get to create, or is our destiny. So we can influence the trajectory of our lives through our actions. Now, if you have a pen and paper handy, I want you to write this down so you don't forget it. It's as I think, so I feel. As I feel, so I do. As I do, so I create. As I think, so I feel. As I feel, so I do. As I do, so I create or have. Now, think about this. What this means is that what we think and believe determines what we feel, and what we feel determines what we do or don't do. And what we do or don't do determines what we have or create in our lives. So destiny, our destiny is determined by our thoughts, our feelings, and our actions. But what precedes those thoughts? You know, because if we, if we feel really great, guess what? We're going to get up in the morning. We're going to go do our practices. We're going to go exercise. If we feel really great, we're going to sit at our desk and get amazing things done for our business. But if we don't, guess what? We're less motivated. And so what are, what proceed, what are the things that we are thinking of? What are the beliefs that we have? But what precedes those beliefs and those thoughts are our desires, and the desires that we have can either be the desires, the longing of our heart, the wisdom from our soul, or it could be desires that have been conditioned into us by our parents, by our society. And so we have to really understand like, okay, is this the calling of my heart or is this an impression that was placed upon me? at some point in my life, and I think it's my desire, but it's a false desire. And so seven years ago, I was suffering from desires or rather uh, the lack of them being fulfilled. And I found myself seated on an auditorium floor, 400 miles from home on New Year's Eve alone, yet, yet surrounded by strangers. In the first session, we were supposed to chant the Gayatri mantra. And this is a long mantra. I didn't know it. I wasn't familiar with chanting. And I was like, okay, so I'm just going to mouth this and pretend like I know it. I was 43, nearly 44, and I was heartbroken. I felt rejected. I felt replaced. I was financially struggling. I was exhausted. And guess what? I was angry and feeling spiritually stagnant again. And I was longing so desperately to be loved and seen and valued. And I longed for this meaningful work that was rewarding financially and and spiritually. And I longed for a spiritual community as well. And so essentially what I was longing for is this beautiful performance of love and beauty and prosperity and meaningful work and deeply moving connection to spirit. And so I came to the Himalayan Institute in Honesdale, Pennsylvania after this devastating breakup with the person I thought was my soulmate. Since then, I've redefined what a soulmate means, but that will be another topic, another show. So Many things about our relationship were right, but there were a few that were wrong, and those few were too many. I knew with my whole being 
that I did not want children. And he did. And then you can't compromise around that. And too often women are expected to compromise and to negotiate their bodies in search of happiness or to meet someone else's expectations. And whether that be the expectation of a partner, a spouse, a parent, a friend, or society. And I wasn't willing to negotiate my happiness or make a sacrifice of my body for something I knew that was not my path. And so we broke up and there, and it was just so difficult at that point in my life. People were telling me, oh, you're so perfect together. Why don't you want kids? You'd be a great mother. You will regret not having children. And well, who's going to take care of you when you're older? Oh, and this is my personal favorite. You'll learn to love the child once it's born. I mean, oh my God, we need to have an episode just on this because that is such freaking bullshit. And so I had to distance myself away from my well-meaning friends and the pain that I was feeling. And I, and to just get back in touch with myself. And so I distanced myself and I had no idea what the theme of this yoga retreat was. I didn't even really know the teacher, but in that first practice, I felt something shift in me. I felt my heart come alive again because it had found another love to replace the one I lost. It was the love of my connection to spirit, the one that I must nurture the most. And this whole retreat was around Tantra yoga. And if you're not familiar with Tantra yoga, there's an episode with Brooke Sullivan where we talk about what Tantra is and isn't. So you can look forward to listening to that. And, and it was around Sankalpa. And this idea of creating a vow to your highest self. And the love that I was missing was the love for myself. And regardless of what my external life looked like. And the way that I nurtured that love was through these practices. And I started to learn about this, this Tantra yoga and this method of Sankalpa so that I could manifest this relationship and manifest more in my life that was in alignment with my heart. And... You know, just briefly, Tantra is many things, and I do recommend Brooke Sullivan's show. It's, it's so beautiful. Um, but it is the science of energy management. It is a practice that leads one back to the heart of who they are and empowers them to co-create a life that is in flow with nature, with the divine, and with their purpose. Now, notice I didn't say in flow with mainstream culture. In flow with nature and with the divine and with your purpose. And so this practice became the defibrillator that sent these electric pulses into my heart and restored it back to a natural rhythm and gave me permission to start to move my life in a rhythm that felt like it was a pace that I could sustain that connection to my heart, to my inspiration, to my creativity, and to my health and my relationships. And so let me go ahead and start to clarify what Sankalpa is, because this is not a word that we might be familiar with. It's uh, not even used in mainstream Western yoga very often. It's a yogic approach to manifestation. And this one has less to do with uh, material accumulation and more to do with the abundance that will naturally come to you when you align and co-create with the wisdom of your heart. And that's a brilliant thing. You get to get aligned with your heart, get deeply nourished, and move at a pace and a rhythm that is sustainable in order. And then what happens naturally is the abundance comes to you because you're not overworking yourself. You're not burnt out. You're not disassociating. You're not disconnected. 
you're not able to fully be present to yourself and to others. And so Sankalpa becomes this heartfelt commitment to become something. It's a vow, a commitment, a resolve you make to support your highest truth. And it's something that you can lean into and connect to, to develop that relationship to your inner knowing and help guide you to make the choices that will ensure that you stay aligned with your heart and towards your greater goals. Because remember, as you think, as you'll feel a particular way and that will guide your actions and that will guide what you have. So if you're feeling this beautiful connection to your heart and the inspiration that comes through it, then you're going to want to do things that are in alignment with that. And so we'll break the word down a little bit. So san means just the highest and the best, the most specialized. And kalpa is this rule that you follow diligently. So it becomes this purest and highest intention you can make that is deeply rewarding. And so we are our deepest driving desire. So we can accomplish anything that we deeply want. Now, the trick is, what do you deeply want? Is it aligned with the heart or is it some subconscious conditioning that has this power over you that pushes you to your extremes that makes you think, oh, this is what I need to do in order to be happy and successful. And when in fact, it's not true. And so these deep desires, it's so important to understand, is it the desire of my heart or is it some sort of conditioning? Because what I found out doing this Sankalpa work is that I had a subconscious conditioning that really wanted me to stay safe and small and be protected, almost to remain unseen. Yet, my heart wants me to be on center stage and sharing these amazing teachings and to have a radio show. Um, And so it made it really difficult because there's a conflict of desires there. And so recall what I said that I wanted seven years ago at that New Year's Eve retreat. I was longing to be loved, seen, and valued. I was longing for meaningful work that put me out there into community. And I longed for that deep spiritual connection. I wanted romantic love, of course. I wanted to be successful. And I had my idea of what success meant. But underneath it all, I felt more deeply this need to be validated, like this subconscious negative deep (laughs) desire, and to prove that I was worthy. And so what was interesting is that this darker desire to prove that I was worthy and I needed to be validated led me to continuously, subconsciously choose relationships that would fail. Ones where I would inevitably be betrayed or abandoned or cheated on or rejected, lied to. And that what happened is that enabled me to become center stage. I was the victim. And I could prove how worthy I was because I could compare how righteous I was and how awful they were. In comparison to what they had done to me, I got to prove and validate my worth. Sounds a little effed up, doesn't it? We all do it every single one of us, maybe not in the context that I did it, but oftentimes we're, we're making decisions and, having, and doing things that are being driven by a subconscious belief that is probably put there by dominant culture or an experience that you've had in your life. 
And so before we can create our vision and manifest this life, our destiny and our goals, we have to get in touch with our heart and make sure that what we are desiring the most is being, is coming from this place of authenticity and truth. And how do we get connected to the heart? This is what I teach in my San Copo workshop, which is actually coming up on the second. So I'll tell you more about that here in a little bit. But the first step is through rest, through sacred rest. You deeply nourish and heal your body. You, you soothe that nervous system. You get your nervous system back into a place where you can sink more deeply in to the wisdom that wants to come forward. You can clear the mind of stress and doubt. Like self-doubt is a big one. I just identified this recently this week because I'm doing Sankopa work for myself and going through the process again. I always go through the teachings before I teach them. And I was like, oh, there it is. Self-doubt. I have tons of courage. I'll step in and say yes to, you know, doing things that are scary. But once I'm in there, I'm riddled with the self-doubt. And there's also the fear there that can come up. And so, when we create the space to hear the message of the heart, we can start to also align ourselves with these unseen forces that will support us. But we must be rested first and quiet the nervous system and steady the mind and from that rested state and realign with our heart's guidance. We learn to listen and trust the messages. We have to be able to trust them. If we can't, one, one, we have to be able to hear them. Two, then we have to trust them. Three, we have to take that action towards whatever is coming through, the inspiration, the purpose, and the goals. And three, we have to do it at a pace that is attuned to our hearts, attuned to us and our rhythm. Because if we use, lose our natural rhythm, our unique rhythm, and start to push ourselves to keep up with someone else or culture's unhealthy belief systems or expectations or methods of success we set ourselves up for the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual distress. And it's a very slippery slope. Obviously, I slide into it. It's, it's the lesson that I'm freaking tired of learning. I'm tired of learning it. But I've been doing this work for many years. And, you know, and I knew it, I knew it wasn't enough to keep me from doing it. But I was aware that I was doing it. And I also was aware of how to get out of it and what to do once I got out of it. And so it's from this rested state. Like I, 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 my goal was just get nourish myself, nourish myself, nourish myself. And it's from that nourishment and the restful state, I started feeling myself come back alive. Now, another thing that we must do from this place of heart alignment is to discover the obstacles that get in the way. Um, it's one thing to know what your, your purpose in life, but if you have these tendencies that pull you back in, they're like roadblocks or obstacles that get in your way of living a fulfilled life, it's important to unearth those and understand what your beliefs and your patterns and your habits are that are getting in the way of your happiness. And so the beautiful thing that I learned in this Sankalpa workshop is one, get rested, get attuned to your heart, understand what gets in the way. And then we create this beautiful, beautiful formula that helps us enliven and energize the wisdom of the heart and the guidance and the purpose while simultaneously starting to dissolve those obstacles that get in the way. 
So when we come back, I want to talk to you more about that process. In the meantime, if you want to check out the Sankopa workshop, you can go to my website. It's on there at lindsaymccowan.com, or you can go directly to lindsay.tv slash Sankopa. That's S-A-N-K-A-L-P-H-A. But don't go anywhere because we're going to be right back and I want to share more with you after this short break. Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. When you awaken the divine feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the back burners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, You awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life and step into an easeful magnetic flow. You become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to lindsay.tv slash goddess to sign up today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay. Welcome back, everyone, to Women Thriving Unapologetically. So before we went to break, we were talking about Sankalpa, this this vow to our higher self that can become this guiding force to help us manifest other things in our life. From And we manifest from the place of the heart and not from being swept up into this idealized version of ourself that has been planted there by some conditioning from our dominant culture's perspective. And what I wanted to talk about next in this last segment of the show is that, okay, what have I been able to create with Sankalpa? Now, I'm not going to tell you what my Sankalpa was at first one. I've created several in the years since, but I will tell you it was all about connecting to my heart and getting really in tune to that. And you know, we all, I don't know if you guys suffer from this. I suffer from this. I, I'd lose perspective of what I've been able to create in my life because I'm always comparing myself to some other version of myself that I would probably never meet because it's always changing or I'm comparing myself to other people. But more importantly, I'm, changing, I'm comparing myself to myself. And it wasn't until I sat down to write this episode for the show that I realized how much has changed since that New Year's Eve retreat way back seven years ago. And it really changed in a relatively short amount of time. And when it was, when I was reading through my journal, my notes from that retreat, I was able to pull myself out of where I am now and say, wow, look at what has changed. Look at the abundance that I have in my life now. And because I tend to, I, unfortunately, I do tend to see through a lens of lack. It was part of my conditioning that I'm working with all the time to see through the lens of abundance and beauty instead of lack and scarcity. 
And so it's having this gem of a notebook to look back on and be like, oh, look at that. And so four years after that immersion, I was really into my studies of Tantra yoga, but I was still without a partner. And it had been four years, zero relationships. I think I went on two dates in four years since my last heartbreak. And But I was becoming more attuned to my inner guidance and, and listening to my heart without apology. And that's the main theme of this show is to the thriving unapologetically is, is all about listening to our hearts, listening to that wisdom and having the courage to step in and take the actions towards that in spite of the circumstances in our life. And I was learning how to do that. And I was listening to my heart. And sometimes my heart would guide me to do weird things and uh, what I thought weird at the time. And this, you know, about three years ago, it was guided me to take this immersion. And I'm like, I don't want to take another training. This doesn't even seem like like what I really want to do. But I was like, okay, my heart is guiding me there. It's very powerful guidance. So I listened to it, like, okay, I'll sign up for it. I don't want to spend the money. I don't have a lot of time, but I know that I need to trust my heart when it guides me to do something. And so here I was at this training and it was all about, you know, reprogramming uh, your mind or rewiring it to be in alignment with what you want and to release some of the subconscious patterning. So it was right up my alley. And, you know, I was sitting there and I was trying to put into my subconscious mind that I could cultivate, a re- create a relationship that it was safe to have a relationship with a man. And I remember just putting that in there, like, okay, I can have a healthy and safe and thriving relationship with a man. And I remember sitting outside, it was late July and the sun was going down and at this um, rescue horse farm and or horse rescue farm. And I was looking out across this tall grass and the sun was hitting the grass just so that it was highlighting the honey, gra- the, the honey grain of the grass. And I see the little grasshoppers jumping and I hear this voice in my head that says, love is love. And I was like, I, I have strong connection to my guidance, but it usually comes in felt sensations or nudges. I never, I rarely hear voices. It was the first time ever. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. But what does that mean? And so I came home and I, I shared with uh, a, a new friend of mine. She was incredible. I had met her just a, a month or so prior and we had this immediate connection. She was so incredible. And she had a, a friend of hers that I immediately connected with. And we were spending a lot of time together. And I was like, look at this. I'm creating this amazing community of women that I've been thirsting for. These women are incredible. We have so much in common. We get to talk about everything mystical and magical. And I just love them. And it was just an incredible relationship. So I was sharing with her, you know, I got this message. It says, love is love. And so... You know, she didn't say anything to me at the time. Now I know that she knew what the message meant, but I didn't know. And, you know, this whole time, you know, I'd also been um, hanging out with this guy, an old friend of mine from high school. And, you know, I'd connected with him and we connect with each other like every 10 years or so. Like I wasn't when we're in a, in a drought, quote unquote. And, you know, he's in, he was incredibly hot. I mean, oh my God, his body is beautiful. And there's this part of me that knew that he's not you know, he wasn't meant for me. We're just having fun together and we've known each other forever. So it was just easy. But I found myself suddenly realizing like, you know, I kind of, I want to be in a relationship. I didn't want this. And then I, then I started trying to make him fit. 
and I was starting to do things to get his attention more, or I was trying to keep my body in shape and, and do all these things to kind of change myself in order to, to get his attention, which wasn't me at all. I was changing myself to be a better match. But at the same time, I was hanging out with these women who were reminding me of my own power, and I was feeling incredible in their presence. And then I went to another training, and with my, my, my teacher at the time, who happens to be the same gentleman who had the, the retreat, the New Year's retreat. And I remember us doing this deep meditation the first day and guiding us into this really still state where he asked us this question. What are you meant to learn in this lifetime? And I was like, oh, I'm meant to learn all forms of love, all forms of love. And I was like, wow, I heard a voice again. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. So I go back and I tell my friend again, I got another message. And I imagine her now, like at that time, because she knew what it meant again. And she's rolling, probably has this inner eye roll. And the reason that she knew this is because she's gay. And she's, and don't judge me for not knowing that love is love is the motto for the LGBT community. I just didn't know at the time, but she remained quiet. And one of the reasons she remained quiet is because she knew we were meant to be together. And yet she knew that I didn't know because I had a conditioning belief, this belief like, okay, I am meant to be with a man. And so it took another month or two before, actually it took about another month. And then doing this deep inner work, I realized like I could feel these things for this woman that were incredible. And at that time, I was like, I have, you know, we were having these conversations where I was sharing everything with her and deeply honest, open conversation, which I had never experienced before. I could be completely myself. And at the other side, other end of the spectrum, I'm morphing myself to be so indifferent around this guy. And I was like, what am I doing? What am I doing? And so we started having a conversation. I was like, I've never, you know, I've never been with a woman. I don't consider myself gay. But in that time, I was like, okay, I know this is a con- this is conditioned part of myself for me. What if I just let that belief go for a moment in which in the presence of this person who I knew more than just in this moment, but I felt like I had known her in previous lifetimes and just let myself be with her. And it's when I let myself be with her that everything started to shift. It's become the most beautiful relationship I have ever had. And it's all because I've done this work through my practices and through Sankulpa to understand what my heart is telling me because my heart was telling me, this is her, this is your mate. And yet my mind was telling me, no, she's missing an important piece of the anatomy. (laughs) And so, but it's when that, when I allowed myself to let that part of myself go and step into the, and trust my heart completely that I stepped into this relationship that has become the sweetest, most beautiful, and it's not without challenges, relationship I've ever had. And it continues to be so. And so I'm not saying this, you know, promoting you to go out there and have a same-sex relationship. It's, I'm, I'm asking you to listen to your heart and pay attention to your conditioning and And for you to see that this work can lead you to something that might be greater 
than you could ever possibly imagine. Because I went, I about a year ago, I found a journal where I had written a letter to the universe saying, this is what I want in a relationship. This is what I really want. And I put it away and I did work around it. And when I was looking at it and reading over it, I had this big smile come on my face. I was like, oh my gosh, I have this now. I have this now. The only difference is the pronoun. And so it was really quite incredible to experience this and be able to step back enough that I could see, look what I'm creating. Look what I'm creating through stepping in to my inner wisdom and trusting my heart and listening to her unapologetically and doing the work around understanding what those preconditioned beliefs are that are leading me to take actions away from my heart and away from my purpose. And how can I rewire that part of my brain so that it stays in alignment with the truth and the inner knowing of my heart? And so the Sankalpa becomes this valve that is a force that brings your thoughts and feelings and choices and actions into alignment with your true nature. And it empowers your ability to act towards and achieve your goals while simultaneously lessening that resistance or the uncertainties and the fear. It opens you up to new possibilities, more possibilities than your conditioned mind could ever conceive of. And there's other things that have happened through Sankalpa. I've been able to really trust the guidance to take my my business into a new direction, to bring in these amazing programs for women that I love. But I would love for you to join me on the Sankalpa journey that starts on February 2nd, where you can take charge of your own destiny, even if it means stepping away from the dominant culture's perspective of how things should be done, that you could create the Sankalpa that will strengthen your resolve and your willpower and nourish you and at the same time dissolve those inner obstacles that stand in your way. And so the question is, is like, will you co-create your destiny with your heart or will you enable your past and your past conditioning do that for you? And so if you want to empower yourself, join me. It starts February 2nd and you can sign up on my website, lindsaymccowan.com or lindsay.tv slash Sankalpa, S-A-N-K-A-L-P-A. And of course, if you want to learn more, you just reach out to me at Women Thriving unapologetically at gmail.com. And anyone that emails me first, the first person that emails me who shares with me what their heart is longing for, what's getting in the way of that, and if they can tell me what Sankalpa is, will actually get this immersion complimentary. So thriving unapologetically at gmail.com. Email me. What is your long heart longing for the most? What's getting in the way of you achieving that? And what does Sankalpa mean to you? Okay, my friends, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I look forward to connecting with you. And next week, we have Suzanne Anderson on our show, author of Mysterial Woman. So this is going to be an incredible show, and I hope you'll join us next time, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Much love. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Women Thriving Unapologetically. We hope we've inspired you to claim your birthright to thrive. Tune in next week where we will continue to give you the tools you need to flourish, prosper, and thrive. Until then, have a beautiful week.